Salutations! And welcome to the 79th episode crap. of the In The House podcast. The official podcast of yep. Scouse's House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters yep. group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I am unbelievably out of this world amped <laughs> to be hosting this podcast tonight. Yeah. Because we are on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Again. For the fifth, fifth time, time. <laughs> in five years, yeah. Eastern Conference Finals. It's, it's crazy. It's an embarrassment of riches. It really is. It's it's a uh, it's a it's enough to spoil a man. It's gonna make the rest of the league hate us, they, right? They have to. <laughs> have to just they have to. Uh, we've got a whole bunch to break down here. We've got to break down an amazing road playoff win in added extra time against Pittsburgh. Uh, we've got to uh, break down uh, what we're gonna see in Indianapolis mm-hmm. this weekend at Mike Carroll Stadium. We've got to talk. To uh, hopefully at the end of the pod here, we're going to get Nipun Chopra on the yeah. phone, and he's going to tell us why uh, why he thinks Indy's going to win this game. Okay, and uh, we will make fun of him roundly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, uh, but other than that, uh, we've got some stuff to talk about in terms of babies, because that's what this pod's about. So uh, to do that, I'm going to need to bring in my local baby expert. Whoa! <laughs> tonight, my partner, who tonight is coming to you live. From a baby gap in San Luis Obispo, California, Andy Frederick. Yeah. Andy. Yeah. How are you doing, man? I'm fine. You're fine. I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. It's been an eventful few days. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so, some stuff's happened. So, uh, you know, the last time we spoke, you were gearing up for the birth of your first child. Yes. Said and birth uh, has occurred. And it has occurred. Yes. And um, first and foremost, the only things that are really important, mama and baby are healthy. Everybody's happy and healthy. That's all we can really ask for. Everybody's happy and healthy. Uh, he was born on Friday. Uh, we came home on Monday. Okay. So a couple of days in the hospital. A C-section. Sure. That'll, uh, that'll cause some days in the hospital. Yeah. It's actually like, you know, pulling an actual human being yeah. out of another human being. Yeah, it's weird. It's a surgical it's, procedure. It's a process, apparently. Yeah. Uh, they don't just show up and do that. No. No. Uh, there's no zipper. It's not That's what I, I've yeah, learned not, there's not yeah, a yeah, zipper. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, baby Leo is here. He and, is. And uh, he is healthy. And I have met him a couple of times. And I got to say... He's not a talker. No. He's, no, he's quiet. He's reserved. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what he's into yet, but uh, he's he seems like a, a chill hang. He talks... I showed him that movie, American Gangster. Sure. Basically immediately, and there's that line of that, that he has in there, and he says that the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. Mm-hmm. He lives by that, apparently. Like okay. He's just chosen that. So he is a surprisingly quiet baby. That's nice. He's just biding his time on everybody, apparently. So. Yeah, which means that from the age of three on, he will never shut up. Yeah. God. Uh, that's it. really <laughs> exciting. I'm thrilled for you. Um, I'm thrilled for uh, Mama Frederick as yep. well. It's a very exciting time in your household. And I'm thrilled that you were able to you know, take some time out of uh, your busy first week of fatherhood yeah. to, uh, to do the pot. So. I'm not doing much. Thanks, man. We basically sit on the couch and wait for him to need to eat or poop. Okay. That's that's it. That's his day. That's his day. And your day. 
now. All right. <laughs> Sounds like an okay day now. to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, from all of Scouse's house and from the Loose City front office and from everybody, let me just say congratulations. <laughs> Thank you We're very much. so happy for you. Uh, it was a spat of Loose City babies. Yeah, it was. Um, we had uh, the Lean Heart baby. Yeah. We had the Roby Arkenberg baby. Yeah. And we had the uh, Royce Frederick baby. Yeah. That's a lot of babies. That's a lot of babies. A lot of Lucidity babies over the course of, I think, three days. I yeah, think the, one a day. The, the purple family grows. Yes, which is all good stuff. Exactly. All good stuff. I'm sure that they will have a lot of fun at Lynn Family Stadium at whatever kind of child amusements we put up there yeah. over the next decade. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Baby stuff. Baby you got stuff. anything else you need to talk about about a baby? I mean, is there anything that's shocked you or surprised you about having a baby so far? Um, No. I'm going to say this. Early prediction. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing either a keeper. Okay. Or kind of a defensive midfielder. Okay, number six. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. All I right. see him going that route. Okay. Hopefully he's got like the swimming endurance from Stephanie. Yes. And uh, the physical stature yes. of an Andy. And you yeah. can really and then, turn into something. Yeah, you got, you got a defensive mind player. Right All right. There. I like it. Yeah, and best of luck. Thank okay, you. so Mazel Tov on the baby, but you know, fuck that baby. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> we got stuff to talk about. Right? Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, Pittsburgh. Let, let's walk through the day. Let's walk through the day a little bit here. Uh, it, it, it's a lot to unpack. So let me it just is. say, got on a bus at nine a.m. with uh, fifty-five of my favorite Lou City people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thought we had, you know, a nice seven-hour bus ride. We'd get there around four, five, something like that. Be able to do, you know, an hour and a half, two hours of tailgating, and then walk, march into yeah. the stadium. Stupid Cincinnati God. had four lanes of traffic condensed down to one lane of traffic. They could ruin a wet dream if they wanted to. They you know? could, they, and they did the. They not only did they convert four lanes of traffic to one lane of traffic, they did it over the course of about a half a mile. So it's not like you had 15 miles of, hey, the lanes are condensing. Start getting over. It's just a whole bunch of everybody going, I need to get in that lane, and I don't care about you at all. Long story short, we spent two and a half hours outside of Cincinnati sitting in this awful traffic. It's gross. It was gross. And it made it to the point where we had to dash into the stadium. Uh, We got there at 645. Mm. Uh, Kevin Kernan, who mm-hmm. was calling the game on the radio, was on the bus with us. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and uh, he uh, he had to literally sprint into the uh, stadium. They don't call him uh, Special K for nothing, No. Man. <laughs> Howie, uh, Howie Lindsay's intern, Gray, was on yeah. our bus, and so he had to sprint on. The Geigers, the EM-photography oh, yeah, team, yeah, yeah. were on our bus. They had to sprint into the, uh, into the stadium. And then once all that sprinting was done, we marched in. And to be fair, it was kind of nice. It's about the time we would have wanted to march in. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, minus all the tailgating. So we went straight into the stadium. Um, About the time the last people made their seats and had used the restroom and felt like, okay, we're ready. National anthem. Yeah. And so there was not a lot of waiting around anticipation time once we got there. So that was actually kind of nice. Yeah. Uh cold it was cold yeah. it wasn't bitter cold it was just cold enough that you're going this is cold well it's a uh, wet cold up there isn't it it was uh it was not wet 
Uh, we probably got spat on rain for like 20 seconds three different times. Oh, okay. And even then, it wasn't like a rain. It was just sort of that annoying like a weird cold mist yeah. kind of deal. It, it was it was dry. It was just cold. And uh, that, that affects you. Yeah. I'll tell you this. The supporters section did us proud. About a little over 100 uh, Loose City supporters traveled into Pittsburgh. Which is a long way to go for a hundred. Yeah, people. it is. I mean, and we provided the bus, and the bus was great, and I'm proud that we uh, did that and yeah, got that many people up there. Fifty people outside. But that means that, fifty dude. people yeah. were just like, "I'm going," without any convenience from us at all. They were just like, "Here, we're gonna get there," and they did. And uh, it was loud. It was proud. There was no separation whatsoever between the section of Loose City fans and the season ticket holders in front of them. <laughs> So if you were, and I, while I was walking in, I saw a couple of families and a couple of elderly Pittsburgh fans who yeah. were in the seats sort of like one, two, three rows in front of our group, of which was about 10 rows deep and about, you know, 20 seats wide or whatever. Yeah. I felt a little bad for them. Like, oh yeah, we're Pittsburgh fans. We're going to sit in our season ticket spot for Ooh, Pittsburgh. It's a big game. Yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden you've got Glenn Grum just over screaming. just hanging on you, yeah. screaming. Uh, no, the crowd was loud. I was proud of them. My old Kentucky home was beautiful and boisterous at kickoff. Uh, it took a little while to get the rhythm. It was spread out, and so a lot of the chanting it there were two. They would frequently be going at two different paces yeah. for a little bit. They got it together. That's, yeah. uh, and that was the atmosphere. Pittsburgh was the place was packed. It really holds five thousand. They had six thousand fifty three there yeah. that night, which is a great crowd for them. It was their all time record. Crowd. What's their fan section called? Uh, they are the Steel Army. Steel Army. Yeah, Pittsburgh Steel. Yeah, yeah. I know. I caught that. Sure. I just figured. Even though there's a team called the Steel. So, yeah. And their team is called the River Hounds. I figured yep. it would be like the Steel Hound or, or the, the Steel Dogs. Or, or the, the Dog House or the Pound or, no. you know, the Kennel. No. Nope. It was Steel Army. A little on the nose. Maybe they think. named their, like, stands. I never caught what they named their stands. But their main supporters group is the Steel Army. Okay. And they were good. No, was, yeah. I mean, from what you can see on TV, they have pretty, pretty good fans. Especially like, at this game. Uh, I mean, you know, Eastern Conference semifinal, you're hosting, you're the number one seed, you're playing the defending champs. It was a big game. Mm -hmm. And like I said, their biggest crowd ever. It was a great environment. I'll just say that. That uh, I heard some, you know, unpleasant chatter from certain areas, but you're going to hear that at any soccer game. Mostly everybody was just there to watch a really great game, and it was it felt good. Yeah. And then the game started. <laughs> I have taken you to the start of the game from my end. Let's hear from uh, your, what your prep oh, for the God. game sounded like, Andy. Well, you know, we were, my son had been born literally the day before. Right. Um, so we were still kind of, we were still doing, you know, getting the, the, the visits from nurses and doctors and pediatricians and checkups and friends and family bringing us food, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I brought my gear. You know me, you know that I wear the exact same thing without washing it sure. to every playoff game. As one as one does. So I brought it. So I was geared up and ready to go. Stephanie had her scarf. You know what I mean? You get a pass. 100%. Birth of your child, right? Absolutely. Like, you pass. don't have to wear your game day gear if you are holding a game day baby. Yeah. She had, she had her scarf on, you know. And so I'm... I'm, I'm 
the TVs don't have BKI, which is in the hospital. In the hospital, which is mind-boggling to me. It's okay. a local channel. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I pull up the ESPN app, and I've got it going. Uh, literally about two seconds before kickoff. And then that was it. I was just glued to it. I did, you know, fatherly, husbandly sure. things. Can you take him for a second? Can you look at this for a second? Can you? What do you think this is? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But one of my absolute favorite things about my wife is that she was like, oh, he's watching the game. Yes. It's no, no, no. Calm down. He's watching the game. It's fine. Leo was watching the game. Yeah. So yeah. I imagine you had a screen personally set up for him oh, he can see it. to inoculate. But we yeah. made sure that he could see it. Love it. All right. So uh, you get ESPN Plus rolling. Everybody in the hospital understands this is uh, this is Andy and Lou City time. Yeah. Game kicks off. Uh, unbelievable high press from Crazy Pittsburgh. Crazy high press. Pittsburgh comes out of the gate like it was going to be a 25-minute game. Yeah. Like they were sprinting, burning the their their midfield and their uh, attackers were trying to press Lou City. The second Lou City got the ball, even if it was eight yards deep, I mean they they were they were gunning. And for a brief period of time, it was working. I mean, sure. there were several times Oscar was a little was was overwhelmed. Like a lot of people, like it worked. Yeah, for a portion of time, it was working. Yeah, it made him look scary. It did, and well, I mean, and it's just such a horrifying thing because all you're thinking is, God, just clear the ball, mm-hmm. right? But that's not what we do. We try to play, and uh, when you're playing through a super high press like that, it is nerve wracking. Yeah, and so there were some nerve wracking, jangly moments. Uh, yeah. I I was uncomfortable for uh, yeah, for until. Really, until about the 35th minute, I felt like, oh my God. But once we had gotten through that, even though we had fallen down a goal, yeah. once we had gotten through that sort of opening barrage, yeah. I really felt pretty good because we had proven that we weren't really susceptible to that high press. And I figured they had burned so much energy doing it in yeah. that first half hour. That we were going to have a fitness advantage for the right. rest of the game. Yeah, but, and here's the, even the thing about when I when I think back on their goal, it was on a set. It was on a corner. Yep. On a set piece and corners like that, I feel like you can make the argument. You're really just shooting dice on it. You know what I mean? Like you're hoping for the best if you're a team. Yeah. Right. Like you're jumping and hoping you're jump the highest, and in that case they did. But you know, a thousand other times, that same situation works out very differently. I read I read a column, a monthly newsletter from a guy named Ryan O'Hanlon, who used to write for The Ringer, and now he does his own uh, he does his own monthly thing. Yeah, and it's called No Grass in the Clouds, and it's mm-hmm. it's a cool soccer newsletter every month. And it, uh, if you're interested in some higher statistical stuff, but also just some cool analysis, I, I recommend it. No Grass in the Clouds, go read it. Right, but. One of the things that I remember reading in there was him talking about set piece efficiency, in particular corners. That corners have an 8% goal production. Jesus. So if you get your corner and you take 100 of them, you should get 8 goals out of it. And that the really good teams can push that up to like 11. And the really bad teams get like 3. And that that's really it. That's sort of the range. You can design really nice corners. We got two goals out of really nice set pieces that Danny Cruz designed last year in yeah. the playoffs. 
but once a team has seen your design to play, you know, we even tried it in this game <clears throat> against Pittsburgh where mm-hmm. we had one where Nile came slashing in towards the corner. Yeah. And then the rest of the game they had that corner covered. Yeah. And so there was no, that was over. You had the yeah. shot at it and it missed. You can design all the best plays you want, but then they've got to execute it. It's really hard. 8% in terms of soccer is a pretty good percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still 92 times out of 100 you're going to fail, and that's on average. Yeah. Uh, and Pittsburgh is a better-than-average team, and so you got to expect that their conversion percentage is better than that. And, you know, they, they burned us. Mm-hmm. It was a nice ball in. Uh, Hubbard got caught in two mines. Yeah. And uh, uh, Van Kizili... Mm-hmm. Uh, made a made a nice. He didn't even really make a run. He stood where he was really effectively and jumped, and yeah. jumped high and was tall and got the goal, and put placed it well. Yeah, all of the things went right and they got their goal. I honestly didn't feel, other than falling behind to a Bob Lilly team on the road, I didn't feel bad about the goal. I was no. just sort of like, you know, no. those happen. Those are gonna happen. Yeah, and uh, you hope in a game that you're the team that gets that one. You know. But uh, if you don't, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. It happens. And then we survive. And that is really what we did for the remainder of the 35, first 35-ish minutes, and really most of the way through the first half. Just sort of weathering the storm. Mm-hmm. Second half comes out. And throughout all of it, we had possession. Like, we were, <laughs> we, we, they, they let us have the ball. They're Pittsburgh. Yeah. They were trying to take it away from us higher up the field than usual. But other than that, it was still Pittsburgh. It was still Pittsburgh right. soccer. Just still, moved a little bit. Right, moved forward. Yeah, uh, and they still had the midfield crammed with bodies and uh, made it impossible to do anything through the middle. And uh, you know, it was Pittsburgh. We had the ball, but we weren't really going anywhere with it. You'd just sort of launch a ball in and hope somebody could do yeah, something absolutely. with it. You'd throw a ball into the corner and hope somebody could come up with a cool cross. But you know, mostly it was was what it was. Well, we had said before, we had said last week, like, the way that we're going to win this game is either from bangers from way out yeah. or being super clever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we kind of saw both of those scenarios. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, we come out in the second half, and uh, we look we, we look really sharp. And it looks a little more like the Pittsburgh we're familiar with. They weren't pressing as high. you got to figure they were starting to get gassed. Yeah. Because by the end of the game, they looked super gassed. Oh, yeah. But uh, at that point, they're not pressing as high as they did in the first half. And uh, we had a nice chance on goal. Didn't put it on frame, but had a nice chance mm-hmm. on goal. They turned around with the other way on a counter, yeah. which is really their, more their bread and butter. Yep. And uh, Hubbard was beat. Nico Brett rounds the corner. Tries to slot it home. Paco Craig! Craig. Let me. Uh, I, I we'll do superlatives about who played well and who didn't later. But I'm telling you right now, Paco Craig won the USL Man of the Match award. I, I imagine somebody else won the Lou City Man of the Match award. I didn't ever really notice that, to be honest with you. I didn't even look. Um, but he was the Man of the Match to me. Paco Craig was incredible in this game. Oh yeah, he was sturdy. He was solid. He was everywhere. He got pulled into the distribution a lot. He was great on tackles. He was great on directing where traffic would go. Uh-huh. He was blocking out Nico, uh, Nico Brett, and uh, Canardo Forbes throughout the whole yeah. game. He also looked like he was being being very mindful of the fact that refs love to card him, and he did get a card. He did, but yeah. you know, you can see Paco getting more cards oh, in a game like that. He looked, he played a not more cautiously, but more mindfully of that. That seems right. We talked last week about how this 
game was going to be dictated a lot by how the ref was. Yeah. If the ref was going to be card happy and call happy, then this was going to be a hard game. Somebody was yeah. going to get knocked out because it was going to be aggressive no matter what. Oh, yeah. This ref was really very cool about letting us play, letting both teams play. Oh, yeah. Uh, there weren't a lot of hard fouls that went uncalled. We'll get to Pat McMahon. <laughs> um, but ultimately, it was, I thought, a pretty well-refed game. Mm-hmm. I will get to Pat McMahon. Yeah. Um, but one minute later, after Brett fails to slot home for the 2-0 lead, yeah. and, and Paco makes the brilliant clearance... One minute later, ball gets played up the right side, I believe, to Pat. Yeah. Pat whips the ball across over to Oscar on a really nice cross. Oscar takes the ball down, looks upfield, launches a ball down the middle of the field mm-hmm. on a fun angle for yeah. Luke, who uh, really nice body control to chest bring it down, it down with the chest. Uh, and I think after he – I don't think he – dribbled once. I think he brings it down with the chest into his stride and strikes it with the left foot, puts it in the back of the net. Great goal. Yeah, oh yeah. Great goal. Uh, brilliant pass, brilliant cross, and brilliant finish. It was three really nice, it was three really nice uh, balls to make this thing happen. Yeah. Thrilled. Sounded incredible where I'm standing. So my wife was there with me. Yeah. And we're both down on the field. Oh. Um, out of the way. Tucked right. away. We're not, we don't, we're trying not to make a spectacle of ourselves out on <laughs> the, the road field. Especially since I'm in the grimace coat. Right. The big purple right. grimace coat. Um, and uh, also, my wife, uh, they were very generous to let her have a, a pass with me. And so uh, to have her down on the field was really special that for me. Cool. Yeah. But uh, being able to, uh, we weren't, we weren't, you know, flaunting it. But we're right. down on the field. And uh, but in front of our supporter section, and great noise, like yeah. great, rah, oh, all at the same time. Yeah. New City fans going crazy, and the Pittsburgh fans sort of mass exhalation. Uh, great noise, and woof, you're just starting to feel like okay, yeah. okay. And we pressed, we we pressed to try to get a goal again quickly after that. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't happen. Didn't happen. Let's let's give the rest of the real game story here. We'll say uh, the only other thing that happened of note during regular time of the game, during regular time of okay. the game, yeah. was that there was a reasonable case to be made that Pat McMahon should have both been given a second yellow card and sent off and have that award Pittsburgh a penalty kick. Because it was in the box when it happened. Yes, it was. So the fact that they called nothing. It was, was weird. It was unusual. It was weird. Um, somebody made the joke on Twitter that they should just that pets. It was Joe Valla, I think, made the joke on Twitter. It was like, what if we started calling? What if we made Pat McMahon's nickname Boo? He's our Boo. <laughs> He's our Boo. It's like. Yeah, because you could hear him. Oh, even on the t- even on TV, it was like. Geez. Then let me assure you that in the stadium, it was Ooh, loud. They were mad. Every time Pat touched the ball for the remainder of the game, he got booed. Yeah, you could hear merciless. Well, and you know, in all fairness, a we would have felt the same. Turn the tables, we would have felt the exact Absolutely. same way, doing the exact exact same thing. And B, we went through this whole season with. I'm gonna say it because I don't have anything to do with the club. Questionable. 
referee. Sure. All right? Questionable. Sure. We got a few that we were like, okay, but what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? So, I'm not saying we, we, we were owed that. There is some referee karma over the course of a year. Yeah. You're going to get some calls that go your way. Yeah. Um, this one, uh, it was 10 feet in front of me. Like it was right in the corner where I was standing. And, uh, I thought that it was definitely a foul. I thought at the very minimum, they should have gotten a penalty kick out of it. Mm -hmm. And I would not have questioned them giving him a second yell and sending him off. It was a, it was, it was a rough tackle. Yeah. Pat sold it well that you know that that he went up for it too, and they were both just got knocked down. Yeah, and but he sold it well. Um, but ultimately, it's a fortunate call for us. It went our way, and uh, we uh, we reaped the benefits. Yeah. <sighs> Can't settle it in the first ninety. Unsurprisingly, couldn't be settled in the first ninety. Unsurprisingly, this is the frankly. number one team, the Eastern Conference regular season champions. At their place, it was a really tough game. Yeah. Here's where I'm going to give Hack a ton of love. Mm -hmm. He put on a master class in this game. Yeah. I don't know if he thought, they're going to press super high. We need somebody who's a release valve at the top. Mm -hmm. And won't it be great to bring on Ownby against a tired Pittsburgh team? I don't know if that was what he was really thinking with all this. But I'll tell you this, if he was thinking that, brilliant. And if he wasn't thinking that, this worked out really nicely for him. <laughs> because yeah. uh, it, every move he made essentially looked like the perfect move in this game. You start Luke over Brian Ownby. Mm -hmm. I have no inside information here. You start Luke over Brian Ownby. I'm assuming since Brian came on that everybody's healthy and everybody's happy. And, you know, it's Luke. So you, yeah. And he's one of your all-time stalwarts. You put him on, awesome. Not only does he look great, he makes three or four really dangerous runs. Oh, yeah. With the ball, too. Like, not just good runs. Mm -hmm. He was also just bringing the ball up. Yeah. Uh, really nice. He was the only outlet against a high press. So you're launching the ball. If you wanted to launch it in the middle of the field, he had to be the one who won it for us. And uh, scores the goal. Yeah. So that's a pretty good, hey, this is who I chose to start. It's a good decision. Good work. Good decision making. Um, not just that, though. The first substitution we make... A man we have been touting as a possible MVP candidate, as perhaps the most important player for the team for the whole year, you bring Napo off first. I was skeptical of that. Napo is such a hound. Yeah. And what you're saying at, when you bring Brian Ownby on for Napo Matsoso is that Niall's going to go back to the middle of the field mm -hmm. where he's better. Yeah. That's, I'm fine with that. Yeah. And Niall's pretty quiet out on the wing. He was. You bring him back to the middle of the field, and he looked much better and much more dangerous. Great. But he's not quite the hound that Napo is. Right. Not because he doesn't want to be. Not because he's, he's not trying to be. It's just he's not as quick as yeah. Napo is. Uh, his positioning is maybe a little better, but his quickness is clearly less. And I was worried about that. That mm -hmm. Pittsburgh might have some success up the middle of the field with no Napo there to help yeah, clog things up. Yeah, a little, yeah. But Brian Ombi looks like a genius play because you brought him on against a team that high-pressed for a half hour, 45 minutes, and uh, they look gassed. They're tired. And Brian Ombi ran by them like six times. He is the last person you want to be playing against when you're tired. You're like, man, I'm feeling a little gassed. Who is that? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, please yeah. don't. Oh, no. 
and it and especially the him and Nap uh, Antoine on either side of Luke, I thought looked great. I thought the th- the front three of them together yeah. looked fun. If we felt confident with uh, with Luke playing a full ninety every week, I yeah. think that might have been the preferred lineup. Anyway, you got two speed demons and just a powerhouse. Yeah. And it worked great. And, and yeah, it looked absolutely. dangerous. Uh, we were creative, even with Pittsburgh still playing their classically good D. Yeah. We scored the goal. It's not like they rolled over. No. They they played really good defense. Um, and I liked what we saw from that lineup. And then, just as I was thinking, I like what I'm seeing from this lineup. You bring in Abdu Jam for uh, Luke Spencer. And I'm thinking, well, okay, I hope Abdu plays well. And Abdu narrowly misses the game winner in extra time. That was time. so heartbreaking. Off the post. Brutal. And then when we finally did get the game winner, he was the one who actually took the shot that's yeah. deflected. He made the great run, got on the end of uh, Ownby's cross, and puts, uh, puts a nice shot on frame that uh, the keeper couldn't corral, and Paolo puts it home. So, awesome sub there. George came on in extra time for Antoine. Antoine had been doing a lot of tracking Ooh. back on defense. Yeah. And uh, I don't blame him for being a little gassed. And uh, George Davis, you're never going to be upset about George Davis. Also, you bring, on George, you bring on GD4. We've said it before. You're bringing on experience and wisdom. Yeah. And, like, we're not treating him like he's an old-ass man out there. No. It's... He's, he's still explosive and dangerous, but uh, he's not the same speed as Antoine. But he's also cagey. He's, he's smart. He's a veteran. He's the all-time leader in USL minutes played in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a bad man. Bring him on. I'm yeah. cool with that. Uh, and I thought it was really a I'm tired substitution. It was yeah. Antoine had worn himself out making runs back and yeah. forth up the side of that field. As one would, as you would expect. <laughs> we get to about the 115th minute. About the 115th minute. It's locked up. Still zero zero or one one. Abdu's shot has gone off the post, and you're like, that may have been our best chance. Darn it. We're probably going to PKs. Yeah. You're, you're five minutes away from PKs, and you're PKs. thinking, this is, this is, we're playing better than them, and if this game were to be played indefinitely, we would score first. Yeah. But. You can't play it indefinitely. No. You get two 15-minute halves. Yeah. And uh, it didn't feel it didn't really feel like the goal was imminent at that point. It mm-hmm. did when Abdu's shot went hit the post. At that time, we'd been playing about eight minutes of wow, we're playing a lot better than them soccer. We were. It was just sort of everybody looked like they were maybe kind of resigned to penalties at that point to me. Yeah, yeah. just kind of waiting out the clock, which I hate. Gotta hate PKs. I hate I PKs hate too, so much. especially on the road. That's a, such Ugh. a tough thing to do on the road, um, and. Uh, you know, we know that Luke takes a lot of our penalties. He was off the field. We know that Magnus takes a lot of our penalties. He was off the field. He, he, what do you, what do you, what do you, who's going to take these? Like, honestly, <laughs> Katie turned to me and she said, uh, who's going to take the penalties? Oh, and I was man. like, um, I genuinely don't know. It's a million I, dollar question. I, I thoroughly expect that we would have gotten one from Sean Tosh, who's taken a lot of penalties yeah. for us. I thoroughly expect we would have gotten one from Paolo Del Piccolo. He's the captain. Yeah. He's taken some of them for us. He's on the field. Abdu, I can see. Maybe. I don't really know, though. And uh, I was thinking probably Niall would give us one. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Uh, they keep a running track of that in practice. It's not just like we've got our five guys. They practice them Especially during playoff time, they practice them every day. 
Hmm. At the end of practice, when everybody's exhausted, they take a round of penalties every day. And they track who's doing them well, who's doing them poorly, which side do they go to, are they telegraphing it? Like, they scout this to make sure. So they would have had a five ready to roll, but, oof, oof, I didn't want to find out. No. And, and Katie asked, and I was going through that roster in my head of, well, who would take these, who wouldn't? How many subs did they did Pittsburgh do? Two, the whole game. Gosh. One of them, they bring on Duba Dos Santos. Uh, Steven Dos Santos, who is a great scorer, a legend in the USL, rightly so. Uh, but it changed the entire dynamic of what they were trying to do because he's a target forward. Yeah. And uh, that was basically what they were getting out of him. They were just launching the ball up the field and hoping he could make something happen. It was yeah. pretty boring soccer. It was very Lily Ballish. Yeah. And Steven Dos Santos is the quintessential Lily Ball player. He helped him win before, he's helping him win now. It makes sense that you go to your safety valve in a minute like that, but it was not much. And then I think Mark Forrest came on late, who's mm-hmm. a defensive player. I, I, I don't remember, honestly. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't much. Right. Okay. It makes you question how much faith Bob Lilly had in his bench. Uh, and also maybe how much wisdom he had to work his guys so hard so early if he wasn't gonna be bringing on fresh legs late. Yeah. So questionable substitution pattern from an by all accounts great coach yeah. just you know questionable felt like hack got the better of him by far in this game yeah so my wife has asked me about it we're going through who could play who could be taking the penalties we're trying to think of who it would be and while we're having the discussion <laughs> Niall McCabe who was my prediction to uh, to to yeah it was to win this game to yeah, have it, it be the Niall McCabe game and Ty Smith came back and talked to me about this. On He texted me about it the next day, and I hadn't even thought about it. I said that I thought he would have a goal, an assist, and a bone-crunching tackle. Yeah. And that those would be the reasons we remembered it. He didn't get the goal. He didn't get the assist. But he did get the bone-crunching tackle sure out did. on the wing, which sprung Brian Ownby down the wing. Yeah. So I'll take it. Like, I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Brian gets sprung down the wing. He beats his man. It looked like everybody was sort of hoping that there was going to be a foul called against uh, the player that Niall tackled. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of people like asking for a stoppage. Brian Ownby was not one of them. He, <laughs> no, he beats, not at all. He beats his guy to the end line, cuts it back, and then plays a ball low and hard right in front, like three yards out. Uh, and it looked like the keeper wanted to come out and grab it. Yeah. Uh, but... Abdu beat him to it. So Abdu makes a clever run to the near post, beats the keeper to the ball, and the ball caroms off the keeper because Abdu Jam cannot buy a break. When it comes to goals, something weird no, always, it's always happens. Him. To it should be these beautiful goals, and it's always something you're like, oh, did that buddy. thing? Did a, did a grasshopper Come hit him on. in the eye right before he? You know, Come there's always something. On. Well, and when you think about it, the neck, the series of events. That happens next. For the ball to do what it had, what it did, yeah. he he had to have had some heat on it. Yeah, some real. <laughs> he didn't just get a toe on it. No, he wasn't looking he to that place that in there. Like he wanted to put that in. Yeah, he tried to drive it through the keeper. Yeah, which is sometimes a good strategy. I mean, if the keeper gets a little bit of a hand on it, and if you hit it hard enough, it'll keep going the direction you want it to. Yeah, but the keeper got good flesh. I think chest on the ball. He got some. 
like chunk of upper body on right. it. Right. Yeah. And uh, it goes deflecting high into the air. Popped it was in the it air right for up. two weeks. You you can see it in the TV movie script. It's not quite a full like movie script. It's a it's lifetime a TV, TV yeah, movie. It's a made for TV. Right. Yeah. The ball sure. is up in the air and it is spinning beautifully. And I'm thinking, with our luck, one of their giants, you're suddenly gonna see one of, you know, Vancazili or Lasso come yeah. flying out of nowhere and head this ball clear and we're going to overtime. But instead, <laughs> as though propelled by the wings of Hermes himself. Paolo Del Piccolo, the captain. The captain. Our captain. Gets some nice air. Oh, yeah. Leans forward, and then real nice contact. It wasn't like it just bounced off his head. No, he even had a nice play. He popped it in. And uh, they did not have a guy on that side of the goal to, to, get it, to get it out. Ball goes into the back of the net, and it sounded like a cannon went off. On the field... I actually, before I began celebrating with my wife, the other interns on the field, and uh, just in general jubilation, mm. I had to turn my head back to the fan section because I thought something had gone wrong. Like, I thought that like the, the, the section had collapsed mm -hmm. or that someone was hurt. Something was on or, fire. Right. So, yeah, yeah. because it was that much of a, yeah. how quickly it happened, how it went from just dead silence. I mean, I'm sure they were chanting or singing something, but it, it becomes background noise. Yeah. And to suddenly have it be, yeah. it truly sounded like a cannon went off. And the rest of the stadium, epic S silence. Silence. You can Epic. so watching it. I was at this point annoying people in the hospital room. I'm sure. At this point, you were probably annoying people in the hospital well, for yeah, three days. Absolutely. Because um, I'm pacing, I'm like cussing at the computer, like "Come on, what the sure." Come on. And right at that moment, I was just like, "We're going." I turned to Stephanie. I was like, it's, "This is going to go to PKs. This is awful. This is going to be go, go to PKs. I'm going to be a wreck." Yeah. And I said it and I looked over, like I bent down and looked back at the screen and I watched Ownby run up the side, mm -hmm. put that cross in, and in my head I was like, wait a minute. For a split second I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Abdu puts it in and like bounces it off of him and it was like, even when you watch the highlights, it's slow-mo. Yeah. It feels like they put it on slow-mo because you just watch that ball pop up perfect. Yeah. And my favorite thing about it, I've watched it about seven times. My favorite thing about Palo's header is he kind of strolled into place. Like, he's All running. Right. But he kind of like, he sees it and kind of like effortlessly positions himself and just... Pops up and puts it in. Well, you want to make sure you're not going to have a six foot six giant. No, yeah. Careen into you with an elbow out. But you when know, you so watch yeah. him, he does it in a very Paolo way. It's very like. Eh, it was casual excellence. Uh, it's going to be here. All right, here we go, and just pops it in. And on on the broadcast, you could hear like the way that it sounded. There was no question. It was like that's all Lucity fans. The rest of that stadium is. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so great. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Um, 
How, how did you react in house? Was there a whoop, a scream? Uh, what was your reaction in so the hospital? We were one of the nurses was in talking to us because they were doing like you know nurse stuff with as the baby. people do. Yeah, asking Stephanie questions, and I didn't want to be a complete dick and start screaming. So I turned to Stephanie, and I was like, because she knew how close we were. Like she had been watching the game too. Yeah. I turned to Stephanie, I was like. Discord, Pella Discord, Pella Discord, and she's like, because <laughs> we're trying to be. I think Leo was asleep, sure, and so we're like, like babies do, and she's like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now?" <laughs> it's like Pella Discord, baby. We have two minutes left in this game. All we have to do is hang on. That two minutes plus the stoppage, one minute of stoppage, felt man. epically long. Oh my god, I, I, I was just exhausted. I was like, there's no possible way they're going to take away this level of joy. Like, the sports gods can't be that mean to let you score with two minutes of uh, game time left in added extra time on the road. Again, because it seems like they love putting an exorbitant amount of extra time, of stoppage time at the end of a playoff game. Yeah. How many, like, seven-minute stoppage times have you seen, right? Yeah. I usually think that that happens, and this is ignorance. I'm not a ref. I don't know. I generally think that seems to happen when one team is a goal down in particular, like a uh, single yeah. goal down, where they're like, we're going to give them a chance to get this back in it. When it's tied, I always feel like there's not as much time added where they're just like, this, yeah. is, this is how it'll finish. Yeah, like, okay, so we're, we're playing more anyway. I'm not going to give them five minutes of right, know, time right. to screw around with it. But it, the, it felt like a long time. It felt yeah. like a long time. Uh, whew. What a cool win. It was a really cool win. So, uh, the only team to have beaten Pittsburgh this season at Highmark, right? Blue City. Blue City. Yep. Yeah. They had not lost there in over 400 days. (laughs) And uh, we go in and beat them in the playoff game. (laughs) It was uh, was a really satisfying win. I think that the guys looked really satisfied by it. It was... uh, it had to have just been an exhausting win, but yeah. it was a good, really good win. I think it goes up there in the pantheon of big wins in Lucidity history. It was our first ever road playoff win. You beat a team that hadn't lost at home, the number one seed. You knock them off. The first time we'd ever beaten a number one seed. And the great thing about this game, it wasn't like a fluke. No. This wasn't like, a, oh, they pulled it out. No, like, this we, was a hard fight. This was like... yeah. It was a hard-fought game where we looked like we were slightly better than them. Yeah. And uh, got the result of being slightly better than them. The one fluky <laughs> thing is the pat call or non-call. And that's one that is going to happen in any game. And mm-hmm. if it goes your way, then you're either furious or thrilled and there's no, there's no in-between. Well, you know, if you're a, Pitt, if you're a Pittsburgh fan, you're going to say, well, it cost us the game. No, it didn't. No. It did not cost you the game. No. No. It did not. No. Cool game. All right. I think that's all I've got for Pittsburgh. We did a thorough breaking down. That was right a hell of a breakdown. It was. We got the vibe and the on-field action. Yeah. There was a lot going on. It was on like there. a well-constructed movie. Oh, It was like Invictus. It was like Invictus. Right? I, I was Morgan Freeman. You're Matt Damon. Well, for sure. Obviously. Absolutely. That's clear. <laughs> um no, really cool win. Uh, I've seen people trying to talk about where to place it in the uh, like hierarchy of great wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have now reached the so fortunate point of being a Lucidity fan where I'm done. 
ranking wins. Yeah. It was another really great one. Yeah. It belongs with the other really great ones. Yeah. There are five or six wins that belong in that, wow, that was so cool to be a part of. This is one of them. Mm -hmm. I hope we have another one this week. Let's talk about it. (laughs) All right. So, uh, is he ready? No, it's 15 minutes away okay. from Nipun Chopra time. Okay. So that means we've got 15 minutes to uh, to give our thoughts, fears, and uh, breakdowns, yeah. predictions, okay. etc. Okay. Okay. We uh, are going to Indy. Yeah. I'll say, I'll get this part out of the way early. Okay. We've got two buses yeah. making the trip up. It's very exciting. Uh, as of the recording right now, there are something along the lines of between 15 and 20 seats left Mm -hmm. on buses. If you are giving thought to coming on this trip, Mm -hmm. it's 47 bucks. You get your ticket to the game and an Eastern conference final, and you can drink all day without having to worry about it, having a designated driver all day. I'm just saying, take that under advisement. We're going to get up there. We're going to tailgate. We're going to hang out. We're going to get to watch this game. It's going to be an awesome day. Uh, if you're thinking about coming on the trip, come on the trip. Uh, I don't have a single regret about going to a game ever in my life. I have a lot of regrets about games that I thought about going to and didn't. And didn't. Yeah. It's like, I could maybe that's a little more than I want to spend right now. Maybe it's a little more of my day than I want to. I've got that stuff I should be doing. That's not the stuff you'll remember 50 years from now. A game like this could be. That's yeah. that's my sales pitch. Is uh, if you want to get there, don't take the chance. This is the ultimate FOMO kind of moment. Yeah, it'll cost you less than fifty bucks to spend a full day with purple people and watch Lou City Eastern Conference Final Soccer. That's that's exciting and worthwhile stuff. Unless you've got a week old baby, in which case you're excused. Yeah, I'm not gonna be there. No, you're excused. <laughs> So Andy will not be making the trip up, no. and that's completely reasonable. We'll under be watching this. it for sure. sure. Uh, will is Leo yet ready for uh, taking shows on the road? Like if you were uh, say you wanted to go to an establishment to watch the game, are you no. there? Yet? Nope, not there no, yet either. No. It's still too early. We can take him outside, like uh-huh. on walks and stuff, into the doctor's obviously. Sure. But, like we've been told not to take him to places. No socializing yet with you just yet. I get that. His little immune system is still building itself. You know what I mean? Like, sure. So, so we're, we're, we'll be watching it here for sure. Right on. And um, yeah, yeah, we'll be watching it here. I get you. I'll be there in spirit. It's very exciting. Um, well, that's good to know, and we'll revisit that thought process if things go well this week, and yes. we will have a conversation next week about uh, new plans. Yes. Or none. I'm knocking on all different types of wood. And let me uh, take you inside the... Uh, I'm going to take you behind the veil for a second back into the Lucidity front office because I am a Lucidity employee. And uh, so please keep in mind that everything I say is my opinion only and not necessarily reflects the yeah. opinion of the club, our sponsors, our partners, or our affiliates. I've gotten so proud of your delivery of that. Uh-uh. Can I just say that? You're, you're the best. I look forward to seeing every week how, how you're going to put it in. Yeah. Well, there, there it was. Uh, behind the veil in the front office. This is abjectly terrifying to me. We, 
Everyone in the front office is keenly aware of how hard it has been for our boys to get to this point in the season. Yeah. Keenly aware of it. Mm -hmm. And also, keenly aware of how difficult of a task faces them on Saturday. Mm -hmm. It will be brutally difficult to beat Indy in Indy. It's a really good team that we haven't beaten this year. It's on the road. All the marbles are on the line. It's going to be a bloodbath of a hard game (laughs) to try to win. All that being said, if we were to win, we would host the final the following week, which is awesome and amazing. The problem is, not to the same extent as myself, but many of the people in the front office are also superstitious. Yeah. Or at least a little stitious. A little stitious. And because of that... Nobody really wants to talk about what would happen if we were to win, knock on wood. Nobody wants to talk about it. But... You have to. We have to plan a final. Yeah. We have to plan for a game that could very possibly not happen. And that we are aware. It's hubris to think about it, to want it. It's hubris. But we have to. You have to to plan it. Yeah, absolutely. So we, there is so much knocking on wood in the office. How many people are walking around? You'll see them on a cell phone call like, hey, uh, remember how we built those stands last year and how maybe we would need to do them again this year if if, uh, things went well for us this weekend? So people are trying to make plans and coordinate important things about a final where you're bringing in the entire league front office and there are people flying in from everywhere and you have to have all the plans and the coordination ready for it in case it happens and it might not happen. It's exhausting I do and not horrifying. I, and I am... Listen, let's not kid ourselves. I was brought on partially because of what a horrifyingly big fan I am. Yeah. And so I am just... I'm tearing my beard out at work. Like, it's coming out in clumps from how much I'm like, We can't talk about that! <laughs> shut up, shut up! Do you up. know how hard it's going to be to beat Indy? I'm trying not to scream at these things, but it's also part of my job. So I'm gritting my teeth and doing it. Yeah. It is misery. Because I know it is a completely reasonable possibility. In fact, 538, the prediction website, yeah. thinks it's unlikely that we that will we be win. hosting the final. And yet, we still have to do it. So it's, uh, it's, it's exhausting. Um, so that's behind the veil of the Lucidity front office. With some really competent people who aren't like me, who are just doing their work and going about their day. But everybody's very aware of how hard it was to get here, not taking anything for granted, but you have to plan for the eventualities. So, that's what we're doing. Okay. That's tough, man. uh, It's really It's hard. Uh, I did want to mention, while we're a little bit on superstition, that uh, you mentioned how you wear the same clothes and you don't wash them during that time period. Correct. I am the same, Mm -hmm. and I don't change what I wear during during the playoffs. Uh... Let me just say that the first round playoff game was in a torrential downpour. Yes. And I'm on the field in yep. a torrential downpour. Yep. Yep. The second game was after, a, a, oh. all told, a 16-hour bus ride. Uh, so two two eight-hour bus rides are the equivalent of. So these clothes... I don't envy my wife sitting next to me on oh, these buses. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I have not washed them. The, the compromise I have made with hygiene is that I will dry them. So I've thrown them into just the dryer. 
Oh, uh, okay. With that's some fine. dryer sheets to defunk them a little. That's fine. I think that that's okay. That's fine because you need really what you're you're trying to capture is the general stuff. Right. And I'm not washing drying. the essence out no, of them. No, no, no. I don't even do that. My hygiene thing is underwear. Sure. I'll change my boxers. Sure. I'll keep the same socks. Sure. Same jeans. All of it. Yeah. Boxers. I have had to go. I've had to go to the dryer both game after both games to uh, to to defunk them, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not deluck them. No, 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 no. It's a tough. It's a fine balance. Well, and the thing is, at this point now, doing that with the dryer, yeah, has is become a part, part of, of the my thing. thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like now you have to. Right, and uh, and I have. So. Yeah. We're in good shape, and I, I I was pleased that I got to use all year to winnow down what I'd be wearing. Yeah. Like, stuff, I was like, okay, this is clearly bad luck. This one, I'm not sure if it was this or the combination with that is bad luck. Yeah. All year, you winnow down until now. I've, yeah, got, the, yeah. I've got the full, this is the good luck outfit. Yeah, if we true. lose, it will not be because of what I was wearing. No, yeah. Which is really the only fear. I don't sincerely think that what I'm wearing can make the boys win. But I do believe that I can make them lose. And so I am, what I am wearing is guaranteed not to make them lose. That's what I'm offering the crowd. Okay, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you want all things equal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you ever see me, ever see me in the black Lucidity polo mm-hmm. at a game yeah. and we lose, you can feel completely justified in saying that's Evan's fault. The black polo lost three separate times this year. And I kept thinking, it's surely not the black polo. It's the black polo with the gray shoes. Oh, it's the black polo and the black pants. No, 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 no. It's the black polo. Black polo. Black polo is out on game days. It is not approved game day wear. Wow. Yeah. So this is a a scientific process. I have a spreadsheet of all of the (laughs) Lucidity gear I own. And uh, which games I've worn it, which games we've won, which games we've lost. I'm not crazy. You're crazy if you're not doing this. Here's the thing. If it works, it's, it's not crazy. Exactly. All right. Um, let's see here. We are at 925, so let's start our breakdown of the game before we call Napoon. This will be a, a uh, Scouse's House in the House podcast first. We yeah. have never done a phone we've interview. We've never done this, yeah. Um, I believe that we have the technology figured out to make this happen. We did a test run, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna try it. Yeah. We're not technologically advanced on the In the House podcast when Kenny's not here. Well, we tried it once and it worked. Yeah, and we tried it kind of right from one room to another. In theory, this works. Yeah. But uh, no, we'll be uh, we'll be we'll be trying it out yeah, 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 for yeah. real. No, this yeah, time. yeah. And if it doesn't work, we won't know that until the end. So uh, I will go back and delete it out and just say. Napoon said this, yeah. and that's what you'll have to live with. Um, that's that's all you're going to get. I can't do better than that no. for you. I'm sorry. It's okay. All right, so our thoughts on the Indy 11. Um, great back line. Yeah. Really difficult team to score on. Really difficult team. Uh, keeper keeper far is good. The back line with Met and Patty Barrett and Neville Hackshaw, really good. Uh Ioza is very dangerous on the on the wing in the mm-hmm. midfield. Uh, Kenny Walker, we know from his Cincinnati days too. He's very good, and his Louisville, uh, I believe, U of L days. Yep, very good. Uh, we know that it'll 
almost certainly be a two-man front line of uh, Dane Kelly, one of the all-time leading scorers in the USL, and Tyler Pasher, who has been deadly to us. Yeah, They've scored against us twice this year. He scored both of them. Uh, I am always scared of Diakite, who yeah. I don't... He he gets scattered, he gets scattered playing time, so I, he's done so well against us that he makes me scared, yeah. and I imagine he'll get some minutes if he's yeah, available. Absolutely. That's one thing I'm going to ask Napoon about. Um, but Tyler Pasher's the the headliner. Obviously, they've got a former Lou City All World All Everything Love of Our Lives Ilya Illich. Illy. Uh He hasn't been starting for them. He's been in the 18 most of the time. He's yeah. been getting scattered minutes. Uh, he had a big goal for them a couple of weeks ago to help get them uh, secured into the third seed. Uh, he's you know he's Illy. He's very good. He's dangerous. He's technical. But this team is maybe even more Lily than Lily. In that, that, in that they want badly for you to break your teeth on their yeah. defense. Yeah. It's a really strong defense. Uh, the midfielders all track really well. The back line is all big and strong. Yeah. Uh, Neville Hackshaw is one of the best players in the league coming mm-hmm. from, that, from that back line. Uh, Tyler Pasher has 12 goals on the year, two mm-hmm. of them against us. He's... He's their own beat. He's very fast. He's very cagey. Yeah. He's also maybe a better finisher than Brian Ownby is. Uh, if you saw his goal against Nashville, that thing was a thing of beauty, uh, where he takes a ball on the off the outside of the boot at a full stride. Yeah. Really pretty finish. Uh, and uh, he burned Pat McMahon badly in the yeah. Lou City game, uh, and that gave him their goal. And we had to claw back to get one. I think Abdu got it for us late in that game. Uh, and earlier in the year, uh, Pasher gets one by uh, a clever run into the box uh, during the first half where they looked better than us. Yeah. And then uh, we had to claw back and get one from uh, Paolo Del Piccolo on a thing of absolute yes. dynamite. From 20 yards, uh, uh, the 23, really. I'd forgotten about that. Ooh, <laughs> oh, my God. Just a gorgeous uh, free kick taken. I was, It was really good. He's really good when he's in and fully healthy. I think we've got some interesting lineup choices to make for us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If everybody is fully fit, which we don't have any reason to think they're not. Yeah. If everybody's fully fit, you know who's starting in goal. You know who's starting along the back line. Mm-hmm. And let me add one interesting tidbit. Oh. Pat McMahon, yeah. our boo. Oh, our boo. <laughs> we have not lost a game that he has started. Son this of a season, bitch. if Pat McMahon starts, we don't lose. I'm just going to say that. That's all. Leave that right there, yeah, that little crazy. nugget. We don't lose when Pat McMahon starts. It's like when Joe Valla sings the national anthem. Much like that. Uh, which I hope to hear again next week. Um, knocking on wood. With that being said, uh, those guys, you feel like you know what you've got. Yeah. <sighs> Wondering if the moment was a little big for Napo, and that's why you bring on a Paolo in the middle of the field to sort of calm things down, and you bring Niall back into the middle of the field to calm things down. I'll be curious to see what we do in the middle of the field. You feel completely confident that Speedy Williams is starting at the six. That's happening. But then you got two more slots, and it has been uh, 
it has been Magnus at the 10 and Napo at the 8. Or some facsimile of those three. 6, 8, 10-ish. Although, you know, positional fluidity or whatever. Right, I have a feeling. I have a, I have a, I have a thing on Napo, but... Okay. Uh, that all being said, I, uh, I, 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 I don't know. You could start Paolo... You can uh, start Luke in the middle again, pushing Brian out wide and Nile back into the into the central midfield where we played to end this game. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, start Magnus out wide mm-hmm. and then leave in Napo and Nile or yeah. bring in Paolo. There are a lot of options yeah. for what we can do. I tend to think we go back to the starting lineup that's worked for us. For this big long winning streak, yeah. and then it'll be Niall, Brian, Antoine across the top with Maggie sitting behind him, Napo patrol in the middle, and uh, Speedy cleaning up. I tend to think that, but man, Luke looked really good. Hard to keep him out of that lineup. Yeah, and Niall is a little better in the middle of the field than he is out on the wing. A little. He's great wherever he is. He's got to be on the field. He's it's too important to us not to play, but. Do you bring him in for Maggie at the 10? Or do you bring him and let him sit at the 8 for Napo, sacrificing a little speed in the middle of the field? Yeah. What do you, or do you say we're bringing Paolo out of retirement? Out of retirement. Retire. Off the bench. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I, we know basically what the lineup will look like. I think you still, here's the thing about Napo from what we see, from what I've seen, and, you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt, please. <clears throat> I feel like Napo does really well with a team who wants the ball. Mm-hmm. I think he th- kind of thrives in that what can turn into chaos. Why, he looks so a, good against Tampa, New York, and Slope. I think he needs that. Okay. He's a hound, but I, I love think that take. he needs that constant stimulus of a team who's also trying to have the ball. I love so that when take. You, when you put him up against the pits of the league and the Indies of the league, he has a harder time because it's basically Napo. I think he feels like he is... Beating his head against a wall. We talk about that being a theme for when you play against Bob Lilly, right? Yep. I think Napo probably feels it the most because of the way he needs to play. Now, to me, the question is, do you start him, hope that he has kind of learned from Pitt yeah. to deal with it, and then if he hasn't, you sub him out again, or... Or do, do you, you like bringing him on late, bring letting on some late. of that energy be a spark plug? Because he can Oof. also be, he can also run a team, a tired team down even more. Yeah. I think he's good at that. Yeah, I love that take. I think that's maybe your best take of the year. Your first, your best fully independent, Aww. well-formed individual soccer take. That was great. Andy, Thanks, that's man. wonderful analysis. Look at how we've grown. Fatherhood. Look at how. <laughs> look at how we've grown. I know. Uh, no, that's really interesting. That I think you may be right. Napo has really thrived in those games where there was a lot of ping pong in the middle of yeah. the field of guys trying to get the ball and make some decisions, and maybe not as great in this game where he's just trying to be reactionary. That's an interesting thought, and I'll be uh, I'll be interested to pay attention and see what happens. See what happens. We are going to call the yeah, give him a Now, shout. what's going to happen here is we are going to try this. And like I say, A, I don't know if I'll succeed. Maybe not. And B, we've done no pre-interview with Nipun here. We've done no anything. 
All we know is that uh, Napoon is down to talk to us about some soccer. He know he's awesome. He knows a great deal about soccer. And so I'll give him his proper introduction when he can hear his proper introduction. Yeah. But uh, we're gonna try calling him now, and uh, if this goes wrong, you'll hear ten seconds of blank of nothing of blank something. Yeah. So here we go. Um. Well, it helps to have the phone number. Yes. Okay. This is very exciting. <laughs> He's not going to pick up. No. Hey, how's it going? Napoon, how are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm how's good. Doing? Really well. You are, we're going to go ahead and try to record this right from Go. All right. And so you are on the line with me and Andy Frederick. Hey, Napoon. Hey guys, good to join you, and thanks for having me on. Oh man, thanks for being here. We're thrilled. This is Nipun Chopra, PhD, uh, teacher to the stars, mm -hmm. and also uh, one of the men behind Sock Takes. You would have read his great article recently about uh, Hartford and some of the things going on behind the scenes there. You'll also see him on Lower League America on YouTube, and uh, in general, one of the best USL and lower division soccer Twitter follows out yeah. there. Go follow him. <laughs> right on. All right, All right Nipun, uh, you are, uh, besides just being a general uh, practitioner of lower division soccer, you also are originally an Indy 11 fan, is that correct? That's what my sources tell me, yeah. <laughs> Your sauces? <laughs> uh, um, so you, uh, you've been with Indy 11 basically since they formed, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I've been uh, the holder since the very first. Well, we say the very first day, but the very first year, yes. All right. Uh, then let me just ask you. Let's ask the blunt question: How did Indy Eleven end up in the 2019 Eastern Conference Finals? I think they forked out uh, a serious amount of money this year. Uh, when you look at some of the purchases Indy Eleven made, uh, I talk about I specifically talk about people like Iozzi and uh, being able to move. And I get sick, Asher, and all these all season, and they feeling that personal uh, Demir did spend a lot of money this season and brought in some very players, uh, and also has to do with Martin uh, Rennie maturing as a coach. Uh, of course, he's coached in Korea, he's coached in MLS, but I think USL is a different brand altogether. I think it, he needed a year to kind of find his feet. Uh, he, he's done a good job. Okay. So you just listed that we that you guys spent a lot of money and that your coach has matured. What kind of identity should a Lou City fan expect to see from a Martin Rennie team, specifically this one? Yeah, so the identity of uh, a Martin Rennie team, regardless of where he's coached, has been a defense-first one. Uh, he his teams tend to be strong defensively. His teams tend to be populated by holding midfielders. Um, in you know, we we average three or four holding midfielders per game. Uh, sometimes they're playing at the winger roles. Sometimes they're playing at center back and left back. But uh, there's a running joke here in Indianapolis that Martin Reddy loves himself. He loves to slide into those DMs. Like, how I like <laughs> sliding uh, in those DMs. I like it. Uh, what you would expect to see is a style that's very different from Louisville City. 
Louisville City, known for production style, known for playing football along the ground. On the other hand, Indy 11, known to uh, play out of the press, but after playing out of the press, rather counterintuitively, uh, counterintuitively play the ball long to Tyler, Pratt, Tyler Pasher or Dave Kelly uh, and try to score on the uh, direct uh, pass. Now, Tyler Pasher has scored twice against Lou City this year. He's been an absolute menace in both games, even besides the goals. Uh, what did we know about Tyler Pasher coming into this year? And, I mean, he seems like he's been a revelation to me. Oh, agree with you. Uh, I thought, the first time I saw him play, actually, last year was when uh, we had a preseason game against uh, that one club uh, that neither of us likes, FC Cincinnati. And Tyler Pasher playing at left back. Uh, most of us thought that he was the left and replacement for Iozzi. But uh, within, and, and by the way, he got injured pretty early on. But in the, the in the few games we saw him play last season, we saw some of the raw talents that we've seen blossom this season. The pace, everyone knows. But I think there is an increased awareness in Tyler Pasher's game. Awareness of space, awareness of where to run. And most importantly, awareness of when to make with uh, I think that comes with authority for players. Younger, you kind of just go all out of the play. But as you get older, you realize that you need to serve energy for the right moment. We're seeing that with Tyler. Above all, with the uh, finish product, with his finishing, when it's crossing. Yeah, he's been he's been an absolute terror. And I, I I'm interested that he'd started out as a left back I remember coming into the year, we talked so much about the offensive talent that India had assembled. You guys at the time were looking at Inavoldson, Starkov, Ily Illich, Dane Kelly. It was hard to imagine that uh, a converted left back would end up being your biggest offensive threat. It's the it's Gareth Bale model. Um, <laughs> who remember Gareth Bale before he was at Real Madrid? He started Southampton uh, as a left back, and then by the time he got to Spurs, you could see that having him as a, as a left back, basically, you you didn't get the best out of him. And all of a sudden, when you start playing him as a winger, he knew how he did first, uh, of course, and then initially, at least, at the opposite. And we're seeing, uh, obviously, Talapash is nowhere had that left with the story um, in that sense. That's fascinating. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't know that about yeah. him. I'm really cool to watch. I, I'm, I've enjoyed watching him play when he's not playing against us. And so there's, there's that. Um, we will not be playing on the many, many lines of Lucas Oil Field. Thank God. Uh, we'll be playing at uh, the Mike Carroll Stadium on Indiana University, Purdue University of Indiana's uh, stadium. What do, what do we need to know about Mike Carroll Stadium? It is a, uh, originally a track stadium, uh, which is why the grandstand is set up the way it is with, with the most amount of seating at the, what would be the finish line, so right by the, uh, um, the box on the one side of the goal, um, which is non-traditional for a soccer field. You will, you will notice that uh, there are not locker rooms at the stadium. Actually, the ball has a mandatorium to the field, which is crazy. Uh, there's no lock. Uh, you, as you guys will be there in the media room, you'll see the media room is small. That's not as bad as Slugger, to be fair. Actually, it's more spacious than Slugger. Um, so. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a turf field. Uh, the brickyard will be uh, so it's already sold out. We 
rugby is already pulled out. Uh, it's going to be a more intimate atmosphere than before, for sure. Um, and looking forward to it. It's going to be cold. The high or side 43 degrees. So bring some jackets and a beautiful side. Sounds good to me. Now, it's an artificial turf field, is that right? That's correct. It is an artificial turf field. Yeah. Wow. Is it quite as bouncy as Lucas Oil? No. I, I, was it you guys who tweeted this? I, I remember someone noticed, uh, someone mentioned the, the issue with the bounce and Lucas Oil. Jim no, it's not. Sorry. At all. Uh, it's more of a true bounce. Uh, that's holding on the pitch uh, is. Uh, uh, it's not an, not an issue at, at the Mike and Carroll Stadium. That's an issue at Lucas Oil. So the ball will roll better. The ball will bounce better. Uh, it'll have less back spin. Um, so yeah, more like a more like a normal field. Okay. Well, uh, let me ask you this: uh, When the game is over, we have mentioned uh, Tyler Pasher at length. Uh, what will we, as Lou City fans, remember about Illy Illich from this game? He'll be on the bench. Um, hopefully, he gets to play. It'll really depend. Uh, well, what I'll say is, if Indy 11 is winning, you will not see Illich play uh, on Saturday. If Indy 11 is losing, you might see Illich come off the bench. Uh, if Indy 11 is winning 1-0, you're going to see five defensive on the pitch. With uh, so, I hope Illich gets to the pitch. Uh, Evan and I, but how much we <laughs> appreciate him as a player, but with Martin Rennie, always defense first. Well, then I hope we see a ton of Ilya yeah, in this yeah, game. I like that guy anyway. Yeah, I miss him anyway. It's fine. Um, when this game's over, who are we going to remember was the X factor of this game for uh, Indy 11? I think this game comes down to Tyler Gibson. And uh, by the way, if, if Del Piccolo plays, I know he's just come back from injury. But I think Del Piccolo, and he scored, uh, of course, last weekend, but I think he plays at, a, at another level during playoffs. And I've said this for a while now. I think Tyler Gibson is the best central midfielder in the league. Wow. But if there's one player I think can, can dominate someone like Tyler Gibson, I think Tyler Del Piccolo. But Del Piccolo plays or the Gladysson in the midfield. I think this game gets decided by that matchup. If Tyler Gibson takes the game, if he's allowed to distribute as well as he can uh, in the 11, really good chance. Uh, uh, he dominated, I think he will win the game. All right. Well, then let's ask you this. I don't know if you do these things or not, but are you a man who makes predictions? I don't make predictions in the sense that I, uh, I, I don't think uh, I can jinx teams or, or have any influence, but yeah, I, I can tell you who I think will win. What do you got? Well, I like to be pretty balanced and like try to be try to look at all the areas and give a, a balanced response. So I'd say Indy Level with an eighteen love win against the city on Saturday. Okay. What was that? Obviously, obviously joking. I'd say Indy Level two one uh, at yeah. best. Uh, Louisville City is a fantastic team, and I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, if they win. I think that's about fair. We're about to make our predictions over here, and I imagine you'll be you would be hearing a prediction very similar on the other side. Yeah. Well, exactly. Napoon, I really appreciate you taking some time to come on with us. Is there anything you think Lou City fans should know about this game that we don't know? Um, no, I, I, I'm really looking forward to this game. Uh, it's been a indie. Uh, you know, we played in the NASL final. 
and uh, lost on penalties. Uh, we're looking forward to this game. Hopefully, it will run. And ho- ho- uh, looking forward to hosting you guys. We have great uh, love and rivalry with you guys. So excited to see you. Uh, you're giving me a shot when you're. We'll absolutely do it. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a call when we're getting down there to tailgate. We should be rolling into town sometime around one o'clock. So, looking forward to it, Napoon. Thanks so much for coming on. Cheers. Enjoy. Bye. Well, that. Let me give it a second for the phone to shut yeah, down here. But uh, I believe we're probably recording again. And uh, that was Napoon Chopra. I hope that, uh, that, that I hope that we got good recording out of that. It's kind of we'll hard to say, so we'll find out. I'll be honest; I couldn't understand seventy percent of the things he was saying because of the the the, the way that which in which. We yeah, did. our speakerphone and our setup in here was not ideal. I was I was doing my best to decipher, and uh, right. so I hope that it's better reception over the actual uh, over the actual recording than That's it was fun, yeah. in our room. So we'll find out. But uh, essentially, Napoon says mostly what we sort of expected. Yeah. That uh, Pasher's really good and that uh, they want to play really defensive-minded soccer and uh, that uh, they invested a lot in this team for its improvements for this year. That uh, Mike Carroll Stadium is unusual for fans and for players with no locker rooms, but that it is uh, also a pretty true bounce and a pretty fair field. Uh, And uh, Napoon thinks that Indy will take a 2-1 win. He originally said eight to two win. Uh, I think he was mostly uh, tongue in cheek with that one. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I appreciate his insight on it. Indy's going to be a really tough team to yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard that much about Tyler Gibson this year, which kind of makes sense because think about Paolo Del Piccolo, who here in town we adore him. Yeah, uh, he is revered, but he's not a big stats guy. He's revered because he commands a game. He picks out the right passes. He gets his troops into the right places and distributes the ball well, distributes his manpower well. He's the captain. But if you aren't a Lou City fan, I wouldn't expect somebody watching Charleston all year to be like, when you think of Lou City, you think of Paolo Del Piccolo. You would think of Luke Spencer. Right. You'd think of Cameron Lancaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might even think of Paco Craig. Yeah. You don't necessarily think of the guys in the middle of the field not making the decisions. Yeah. Right. And so that's probably why I don't generally think of Tyler Gibson first when I think of uh, Indy 11. Yeah. But Napoon did a nice job of explaining that to him, Tyler Gibson is the most important player on the field. And uh, I'd be curious to see how I'm sure that if Napoon knows this about the team that he's cheering for, that our coaching staff is aware of it, Mm -hmm. that uh, Tyler Gibson pulls the strings for those guys. So I'll be curious if Napoon's prediction's right and that we get just like a clash of the titans between uh, Gibson and Paolo in this game, or if uh, you let Napo go out there and just hound him. Just completely hound this guy for the whole game. I feel like you got to do a mix of both. And it seems likely that it will be either way. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate you again, Napoon. He really is. If you are interested in lower division American soccer, whether that's USL, NISA, NASL, uh, any of it, follow Napoon. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. He, uh, you may not agree with everything he says, but you damn well know that it was well thought out. Oh yeah. And so, uh, yeah, Andy, you ready to do a little prediction? I'm ready. Time? Lay it on me. What's happening in this game? I think we do this, uh, I think we do two nothing. Honestly, mm. you've got a two nothing. I've got two nothing. Guys. All right, early, late, spread out. Where are these goals coming? Spread out. So I think we come out, and in like the first 
15 minutes. Yeah. We get something. I think we get a banger. Mm. Just a thunder bastard. Love it. From Nile. Nile McCabe. I think this is this is a big Nile. Nile McCabe. Because he is such a workhorse. He knows that about himself. Right? Like, Nile strikes me as somebody who's very aware of himself. Yeah. And he plays like that. Yeah. Um, not that the other guys don't. Sure. No, when we're praising somebody, it's not that we're degrading anybody else. No, no, no. Yeah. But Nile plays like he knows what he does for the team. Um, I think we get a banger from him. I think we just, I think from another like 20-ish yards out, he's like, you know what? It's it's glory time. I love it. I love it. And about just, what minute? About the 20th minute. 20th-ish? Okay. Give or take five. And then where's that second goal coming from? Um, I think after said banger, Indy locks it up. Okay. Like just locks it up. Because now they're scared. Now they're they put on like they put on a show that Bob Lilly would take notes from. Okay. Okay. Um go into the second half. And I think we start to get a little clever. Okay. I think we start, they know that they have to score, right? Sure. I think now, and this is just wildly speculative, I think in a certain way, we kind of turn the tables on a little bit. I think we wait, we do something that we wait for a mistake, break away, and score. Who's getting Um, out? I like being optimistic, so I'm going to think Napo, and I say optimistic because I think he has he does learn from Pitt how to play against a team like that. Okay. Um, I think Napo is like you Napo know, gets. I got it on a breakaway. Love I think it. I think the general theme of Napo's game on Saturday will be I got it. All right, no, I get it. I get it now. I get it now. Get I've it. seen this. I'm yeah, ready. Yeah, yeah, I know what we're doing here. Okay, I love that. And then, uh, then you're just holding on for the and rest of the way. And then you just clear it for... Okay. <laughs> then you, just... you spend 25 minutes just clearing them all. Clearing them all over, over again. <laughs> all right. Now, I've gone... It is Wednesday night when we're recording this. Yeah. I have spent the last... Since about, since about two hours after the Pittsburgh game ended. Mm-hmm. So the first two hours after the Pittsburgh game ended on the bus was party central. Yeah. And then after that, everybody sort of exhausted and everybody starts passing out and everybody falls asleep on a long ass bus ride. Uh, I had some time to think during that time period. And uh, so about two hours after Pittsburgh, I've been thinking about this game off and on all the time. I've gone back and forth about how I think this game is going to go. I've gone back and forth about, I have convinced myself that we're going to win by six. I have convinced myself that we're going to lose by six. And I have convinced myself that it's going to go 55 penalty shots deep. I, I have vacillated on this game so much. And here's the conclusion I have reached. I just readjusted myself yeah, dramatically. Yeah, you know it's serious. It was a dramatic readjustment Jeez, in my man. chair. We're going to win this game three to one. Okay. We're going to win this game three to one. And it's going to be terrifying. 
we are going to give up a goal early. Okay. It won't be Pasher. It'll be Dane Kelly. Pasher will cause it. Dane Kelly will score it. We're going to give up a goal early in like the 18th minute. Okay. They're going to shut us out for the rest of the first half. We're going to come out in the second half, make some adjustments. Hack's been great. We will still be losing one nothing in the 70th minute. Ugh. So you go 25 minutes into the second half, still just searching for that equalizer. God, I hate that. We tie it up on a Sean Tosh scramble finish. So it's a corner kick or a set piece from, you know, somebody gets fouled 35 yards out, something like that. The ball bangs around, sort of like Luke's goal in the final against Phoenix. Okay, yeah, where yeah. Where the ball pings around and it lands on Sean Tosh's foot and he finishes it. Mm-hmm. That's the equalizer. And we all take a breath. But it's still indie. It's still their defense. Mm-hmm. It's like 20 minutes left. You're really thinking, okay, we're probably going to extra time. We're not going to extra time. In the 83rd minute... <laughs> In the 83rd minute. I immediately hate this. I want you to know. I know. I hate it, too. I hate it, too. In the 83rd minute. Okay. We get a beautiful Magnus Rasmussen goal. A beautiful Magnus goal. One of those that we draw up on the playground. Remember Antoine's goal against – no, not Antoine's goal. It was Napo's goal against Swope, where it was a perfect play – we kicked it out wide from the middle. Then the ball gets whipped across to Antoine. Antoine just traps the ball and runs yeah. away from it and yeah. leaves it set up on a tee Places for Napo. Yeah. We're going to see some sort of play like that designed for Magnus, and Magnus is going to finish it with with flair. Gusto. With flair. <laughs> and then we're going to be, oh, my God, this is amazing. We're going to win this freaking game. I can't believe it. Indy is then going to throw on every bit of attacking that they've got for the last seven minutes to try to get a goal back. They're going to be banging away at us. It's going to be in extra time. They're going to have a corner kick, and we're all going to be horrified, and they're going to bring Jordan Farr up, and everybody's going to be in the box. The Diesel is going to punch the ball out almost to midfield on this corner, and Antoine Hopeno is going to get to the ball first and tap it into an empty net. Because Antoine will beat their keeper out to the ball at the at midfield, right. and we win the game three one. I love it. That's how this game happens. I love it. You know, maybe that's a little too specific. That's very... <laughs> Here's what I'm gonna say though. That's very specific. But you called us going to the Eastern to Conference the Eastern Conference final. final. I did. I called us going to the final final. Yeah, but I'm saying like, yeah, so far. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been wrong about a season prediction about Lou City so far. I've been very wrong about individual game predictions. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And I make no bones about the fact that I still see a way that Indy crushes us in this game. Yeah. And I still see a way that we crush them comfortably in this game. Yeah. I love the way we're playing soccer right now. We're playing with heart, we're playing with skill, we're playing with tenacity and a little edge. I like everything about the way we're playing soccer right now. And all of that being said, I think Indy is a scary matchup for us. Yeah. Just because of the combination of really good defense and really good speed. 
Yeah. I, I do have fears of Tyler Pasher getting matched one on one with Pat McMahon out on the on, out on the corner. Not because I don't believe in Pat, but just because I'm scared of Tyler Pasher yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's a tough matchup for Pat. Yeah. I'm hoping we see a lot of professional, clean fouls yeah. from Pat in this game. When it, if it looks like a guy has any chance of getting by him, I hope he just brings him down. Yeah. You know? Uh that being said, Paco played so well in the last game. Uh I like the Paco Dane Kelly matchup in general. Yeah. I think Dane Kelly can exploit gaps. And I think that that's how he'll get his goal. Okay. Um, all told, this is a really tough game. Yeah, it is. It is a fitting game for the Eastern Conference Championship. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, it is the most storied rivalry in all of sports. Yeah. We've, I can't believe we have Louisville, not mentioned it until now. The Louisville Indianapolis Proximity Association Lift football the FC, contest. Last half, whatever the hell you want yeah. to call it. For the Eastern Conference crown, as it should be. Yeah. Uh, I've said repeatedly on this podcast that I think that for the USL to be really successful over the next few years, they need to market the hell out of this rivalry. Yeah. That it's maybe the best, certainly the best in the Eastern Conference that we've got to offer in terms of size of the markets quality of the teams, uh, proximity, uh, success historically, but also recently. Yeah. This is the rivalry that can make it for us. I've just had the best idea ever. Andy has a great idea. You watch Drunk History, right? I've seen it. Drunk History is great. Undeniably. I love that show. Yeah. How fun would it be to do a Drunk History about Live Path? I love it. Everybody it. has their own story about it. And you don't have to be drunk, but like... Let me suggest that this be a supporter group initiative. I know. I'm just, I'm just yeah, no, throwing no, no. it out there. Yeah, I'm saying we did our little documentary series on it. Yeah. And it was fun. And we had a little tongue-in-cheek about it. And I thought we did okay with it. Oh, yeah. It's already been done. It was all, But, I mean, even that was... It was, uh, it was more like overview. I love the idea of 20 different supporters... Doing a uh, minute yeah. and a half of this was my favorite game and why. And if you could be drunk for it, hey, all, all the better. Yeah. Um, but I encourage it to be supporter group li- led. You are an, you're an officer in a supporters group. Yeah. I am. I am. You're, in fact, you're the communications officer. For better or for worse. Yeah, for a supporter group. <laughs> you can make this thing happen. It could live on the Scouse's House website forever. Yeah. You could make it a joint commission deal with the Coopers and uh, the Black Sheep and, uh, you know, some of your other friends across the aisles, and you can make it happen. I'm exhausted. Uh, I'm glad we've killed another hour and a half in our mission to get to Saturday. Yeah. Saturday at 3, which yeah. is a weird time for a game. Yeah. yeah, not wild about it. Don't know I don't why. Like that. Don't know why. I don't have any inside information as to why it's three and not seven or eight or some other better time, but it's not. It's three, and so let's get there. And it's I like that it's, it's five not... hours less for me to wait. Yeah, but it's weird. It's weird because it's not at Lucas Oil, so like there's nothing else going on. Is there not? I don't even know what else they do over there. At I mean, there could be an enormous track meet that night. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I, mean, I hear you. I'm saying I don't know what they do over there. Now, yeah. So we'll see. Um, see what happens. Uh, purple stuff. I don't really have much. Uh, I'll just say, get on the bus. Yeah, that's too good of a deal to pass up. Get on the bus with me. Um, and uh, otherwise, 
No, I don't really have a whole lot. Uh, Oscar was named to the second team All-Opta team, okay. which is uh, the USL's uh, statistics matrix that determines, that judges things based off of all kinds of movements and uh, individual statistics. Less on, uh, you know, just the big counting statistics like goals and assists. It, ca- it calculates over a lot of stuff, and Oscar was named one of the best uh, defensive midfield wings in the league. Yeah. Great for Oscar. Yeah. And, you know, the eye test tells you that that is accurate. Yeah. So, you know, cool. Um, other than that, we're building a stadium. That's cool. You know, I love how that's not even – had we not made the playoffs, which, you know, come on, but had we not made the playoffs, that's all it's we really have to talk about right now. Yeah. So uh, let's get excited about it. Um, we're going to shut this bad boy down. An hour yeah. and a half. We've been doing a pretty solid hour the last couple of weeks. There was I, a lot to talk about this there time. Was, there was a lot. Eastern Conference Final. Yeah. And thank you to Napoon for joining us. That was awesome. Yeah. And um, all told, I hope we're talking about a final next week. Knocking on wood. Um, but if we're not, this has been one hell of another successful God, season. Yeah. Five straight seasons into the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, yeah, I think we deserved a full 90 Full 90 minutes and two minutes of stoppage time yeah, yeah, absolutely. for this pod. Yeah, I see what you did there. And uh, so I'm glad we did it. I'm glad uh, we ran a little bit longer. Everybody needs a little bit of uh, content this week to get them there. So we're there. Andy, you got anything else for us? No, today? that's it. All right, go kiss that baby on the forehead. And, uh, you know, I can only think of one decent way to end this the podcast. The only way to do it. And that's by saying a very simple, very short, Go, go City. city.